They had been fishing all night, casting their nets for hours and hours to no avail. But then come daybreak, just as they were preparing to chalk everything up as a loss, suddenly they saw a stranger on the shore. This stranger yelling that they should cast their nets on the right side of their boat. And for whatever reason, though they were no doubt tired and Though casts such as this had yielded nothing for them all night, nonetheless, for whatever reason, the disciples chose to heed this stranger's suggestion, and thus they gave it one more try. For what could it hurt, they must have thought. Well, lo and behold, that stranger had been right. So right, in fact, that the number of fish that they caught strained their net to the point of breaking. It was remarkable. And seeing just how remarkable, the disciple John immediately exclaimed to Peter, speaking of the stranger on the shore, it is the Lord. It is the Lord, he said. We talked last week about John's immediate recognition of the risen Jesus in this moment. We talked about how John, unlike certain other disciples in various gospel accounts of the risen Jesus, of how John, in this moment, immediately recognized who Jesus was. You'll recall we talked about that last week. But what we didn't talk about last week, and therefore what I want us to talk about this week as we bring this sermon series to a close... What I want us to talk about this week is how John's immediate recognition of Jesus in this moment was directly connected to John's immediate recognition of the source from whom such an astonishing blessing must have come. Do you follow that, the connection? It wasn't just that Jesus appeared and that John immediately recognized him, though that indeed did happen. But it's also that the reason John immediately recognized him was because John also recognized that such a blessing as this could only have come from one ultimate source. From him and through him and to him are all things. So writes the Apostle Paul to the Romans. 
Although Paul was writing to the Romans many years after this moment in John chapter 21, still it was John's recognition of this fact that caused John to recognize Jesus in this moment. For here, with this remarkable and astonishing catch of fish, here was a blessing that he, John, could not otherwise account for. Not that is outside of the one from whom and through whom and through to whom are all things. And therefore, looking back then at this stranger on the shore, this stranger who had just bid them to cast their nets in this place, looking back at that stranger, John then immediately connects this blessing with the source from whom it must have come and exclaims, it is the Lord. There's otherwise no explanation. Which leads me to a story. A few weeks ago, April and I were playing with all four kids in our backyard. It was a lovely day and everyone was in good spirits. By this point, the afternoon was winding down. We had plans to grill out that evening. We were all in good and in satisfied moods. Well, around that time, Ada and Juliana decided that they wanted me to push them in our rope swing, something that they used to love for me to do, but something that these days they seldom ask me to do anymore. Makes me very sad. Well, happy to oblige, I put down what I was working on and I followed them over to the swing. At which point, Wit, not wanting to be left out, screamed, I want to do it. And straightway, he left the sandbox where he and Bennett were playing and he rushed over and jumped into the swing with them. Well, little Bennett, certainly not to be left out himself, climbed out of the sandbox and he toddled over babblingly to the swing too, where Ada picked him up and pulled him into the basket. And so suddenly, just like that, all four of our kids were piled into the net of this rope swing, the net straining underneath their collective weight. And as this swing was decidedly not made for four passengers, the kids' arrangement in the net, in this basket of sorts, their arrangement was utterly haphazard with legs and feet and arms and torsos stretched across its length and splayed out over its sides. It was a sight to behold. They looked ridiculous. And so, laughing at the absurdity of it all, the kids screamed for me to push them faster, to fly them higher. And they laughed and laughed. And tickled by their amusement, I did. I pushed them faster and higher. 
which of course only heightened their joy and they cackled and laughed more and their joy, you have to understand, it was a shared joy. That's what made them so joyous in this moment. It was that they were experiencing this ludicrous moment together. That's why they found it so funny. Even little Bennett understood what was funny about it. Well, laughing myself, for how could I not be laughing at this point, I then noted a breeze that had begun to pick up, rustling the leaves of the tree in which these kids were laughing. Those leaves, those branches serving as a frame suddenly of this picture that I was looking at. And then, and to the point of this story, as I took this all in, it just all suddenly felt so full. And I don't just mean that rope swing, which was no doubt as full as possible. No, I mean the moment itself suddenly just felt so full. The beauty of the day. The peace of the afternoon. This shared experience with my children, the joy on their faces, the sudden recognition and reminder of what they represent in my life. It just all suddenly felt so full. And no sooner had I recognized the fullness of the moment then just as suddenly I recognize the source from whom such blessing must have come. It is the Lord, I thought to myself. And now two weeks later, I have no doubt that indeed it was. Here's the thing, dear family. There are times, as people of faith, when we immediately recognize a blessing for what it is. Times when something so unexpected comes upon us. Times when we experience a moment of grace so lavish and so astonishing that we have no other response than to exclaim, It is the Lord. And then there are other times when blessings come upon us in quiet, unassuming ways. In ways that leave us blind to their significance and to the source from whom they have ultimately come. Until something happens that opens our eyes to what and to whom has indeed been with us all this time. Things like our families, like our livelihoods, like our health like our friendships, things like the givenness of just a cool drink of water, access to a warm meal and a roof under which to eat it. Things like the calm of a late spring Sunday morning. Things like the grace of a sanctuary that is always open for us to just come and be.
Yes, there are times when something like a preponderance of fish, when most we need it and when least we expect it, suddenly overwhelms us. And when we in wide-eyed wonder recognize immediately it is the Lord. And then conversely, there are times when we've been going about our rhythms and routines for days or months or even years when suddenly something happens. And just as suddenly we recognize what we've had all along and then we exclaim, it is the Lord. And I tell you my story of that recent afternoon with my kids because it is, I think, an example of both such experiences. By which I mean it was a moment of such overflowing joy that it was nearly impossible not to recognize the source of such a blessing. But in recognizing the blessing, I was also reminded of the givenness of things that made that blessing possible, which is the reminder of an even greater, larger blessing. Yes, sometimes we see it immediately, and sometimes we don't see it until later. But always when we do see it, what we do see then is the same. That it is the Lord present there with us, making all of it possible. If then, that is the concept around which we have been thinking in this sermon series about the implications of the resurrection. If Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then... Well, let me close this sermon and with it this sermon series by simply saying this. If Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then he really is the human embodiment of the one from whom and through whom and to whom are all things. Which is to say, if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then the source of our blessings and the identity of the one from whom they come need no longer and evermore need be faceless and abstract in our imaginations. For if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, which I believe with every ounce of my being that he was, then it is this same Jesus from whom such blessings as these always come. And like John, perhaps we recognize a blessing for what it is immediately and thereby connect its origin to the risen Jesus. Or like Peter in this passage, perhaps we need a moment and need the aid of another to see what is there before us and from whose hand it comes. Or like me in the story that I just told you, perhaps both things are true at the same time. But regardless, however or whenever, or in what manner it happens, 
point of this sermon is simply to say that when it does happen, what dawns on us is that it is indeed the Lord present here with us who has made it all possible. Hear these words, dear family, from the Apostle Paul. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Take a look around, dear family. In this place, among these people, right now, this very moment, All of this, all of it, pure gift. And if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then all of it derives from the loving hand of this self-same source. Yes, indeed, take a look around, dear family. It is the Lord. Amen. And I